Welcome to Rex Factor. This week, Edward the Martyr. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Rex Factor. Um, um, where are we again, Edward the Martyr? It's been two weeks. It has, well, for us it's been two weeks. For others it might be merely one week or merely minutes if they just can't help themselves <laughs> and listen to them all several in a row. Yeah, so we just did Edgar the Peaceable, who was uh, the nearest we've had to a Rex Factor since Athelstan. Didn't quite make no. it. But very interesting reign. Oversaw a golden age of peace, uh, security and infidelity, of course. But died young at 32 and, as we'll see in this episode... It all falls apart quite quickly. Is it because this guy I'm looking at on the card here hasn't got a hope? He looks like a someone who's won a competition in Blue Peter. <laughs> he's really he's just trying that on. He's got on all these clothes. He's at David Castle having a word of time, but not kingly material. I don't think. Graham, explain yourself. Well, Edward the Martyr. Clue to an extent is in the name. In terms of his fate, yeah, right. Um, he's the fifth of the six boy kings, but he is a, and again, he's a proper boy king. So he's born in nine six two, and he becomes king in nine seven five. So he's only thirteen when well, he becomes king. Yeah. So he's properly a boy king. Um, yeah. So as we will see, today's question is: How does the golden age so quickly descend into chaos? And what does it mm. mean for Edward the Martyr in terms of his reign? Mm. So we're going to do this a little more like a history essay rather than our. Previous factors, week, where we're doing yeah. the factors. Okay. So the key issues are the disputed succession, the anti-monastic reaction. I'll explain what that is later. Uh, political factions. Okay. Those are the three things we really need to look at. Can I just say straight away? I'm. I presumed that all this good stuff that the, these previous guys have been putting in place only served to increase the security and wouldn't uh, wouldn't allow for scenarios like this. Obviously, they do happen. Sort of. Uh, bad successions because we've seen them later on in mm. history but I thought they wouldn't be quite so severe because we've just had a great big period of good. we have well this is what we're going to see how does it all go so uh, so wrong first though we've got a comment our first one for ages yeah um, from Lucy can you see it from there or I can see it no I've got it, I've got oh, it. Yeah. read uh, it out uh, very good I enjoyed dropping off listening to it keep it up looking forward to the next dropping off I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I hope she means uh, her kids at school Rather than, um, I enjoy dropping this off to my kids yeah. at school. Well, you know, she's an education. That's what I like to think of. An education yeah. and also a cure for insomnia. Uh, insomnia. So there's something for everyone in this. <laughs> Do keep listening, though. Anyway, yes, so we'll get on to Edward the Martyr. So we're starting off then with the disputed succession, which is obviously the big thing. How do we go from everything being so well-ordered to... Because he's peaceable. He was peaceable. He was the peaceable, although yeah. obviously quite a violent man. <laughs> Yeah. The problem is that we have uh, a lot of legacies that Edgar has left behind which come to haunt his successors. So firstly, we've got his sexual legacy. Because mm. if we recall... That's he not was... a nice sentence. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it conjures up all sorts of images. Oh dear. But if we recall, last time he was having his way with lots of women. Some were wives, some were not quite wives, many were nuns. Mm. And as a result, he had different children by different people. So... Edward was his oldest son, and so he was born in 962, and he was probably the, um, his mother was Ethelfed Eneda, who's known as the White Duck, who was sort of 
Edgar's first wife, but she wasn't really officially a wife. Because if you recall, the Saxon kings often don't properly marry the wife because that makes it easier to just take someone else. It's already getting blurry, isn't it? Getting blurry. So that means he's not technically mm. entirely necessarily legitimate right. if you want to be yeah. picky about it. And somebody does want to be picky about it, namely his proper wife, who was Elfrith, who is seen very much as an evil stepmother. Which one was she? She was she was his sort of third wife. Right. But she was the one, if you recall, he sent his friend to go and check someone out. Oh, the bishop. friend married her. Yeah. But not yeah. the bishop. Yeah. <laughs> same name. Oh, the same name. Not and the bishop, then yeah. she, rather than be humble so as not to attract the king, Did went full out. Lovely, yeah. Husband got killed, married the king. So she, she, now, yeah, I can see why she'd do this, because she's sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. She's very, very yeah. sneaky. And she was actually consecrated alongside Edgar when he had that massive um, coronation mm-hmm. at Bath. So she is actually officially a queen, right? which is quite unusual for this time. So she's much more powerful it's than good people claim. usually are. Good claim, and she's got lands and privileges during Edgar's lifetime rather than afterwards, mm. so she's well set up. She had a son called Edmund, who in 966 was actually listed as the king's heir, whereas Edward was just the king's son. Right. But Edmund dies before Edgar, so he's out of the picture. Done for. However, she does also have a younger son called Ethelred. By, by Edgar? By Edgar, but he's never listed as the heir, and Edgar never makes it clear who he actually wants to succeed him. So we therefore have Edward, who is the eldest son, but Ethelred, who is the sort of legitimate prince. Mm. Which means it's not quite sure, and both of them are children, so really we've got people deciding who's going to be king. But Edward is older, even though he's young. He is. And who does he have backing him? Well, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> backing him, we've got Dunstan... Oh, Archbishop God, of Canterbury. This guy. Just yeah, just how old is he now? He must be in his sixties now. He's been at court for about forty years. Cheapers. Um Oswald, who is another of his Archbishop colleagues of York and Worcester. Ethelwyn, who is the elderman of East Anglia, and he was the son of that Athelstan the Half King. Mm. So he's a very powerful noble. And Britnoth. Who's he? Elderman of Essex. Oh yeah, of Battle course. of Mold. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How we forget? <laughs> nine nine one. Poppy's not for nothing. Right, today. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, However, for Ethelred, we have Elfrith, the evil stepmother, or for him, the mother. Ethelwald, who is a bishop of Worcester, uh, Winchester, sorry, and Elfhere, who is the elderman of Mercia, and is a very, very powerful man. Basically, he's the man in the north. Right. He's got all of that. So we've got two powerful factions. South v North again. Different kings, indeed. South v North. However, it doesn't come to blows too much, so Dunstan and Oswald just crown Edward as king. Mm. And it seems to have been a compromise, so lands were given to Ethelred that normally would be given to the king or the king's son. So clearly, there's been a bit of compromise there. However, it doesn't start well. There are lots of bad omens, such as a comet. Saxons hate comets. Good grief. Right at the start of the reign, uh, followed by a failure in the crops and obviously a famine. Mm. So it's not all started well. So already we see that Edgar's legacy in his uh, bedroom has meant that we've got different factions supporting different people. That's a lesson for all the kids out there. Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. If you're king. So our next function, or faction, or whatever we're going to call it, is the anti-monastic reaction. At school, yes. this is the bit I'd have probably started doodling at. <laughs> yes. Are you going to be able to sex it up? I'm going to tell you what <laughs> it is, <laughs> at the okay. very least. Go on then. This basically is where the magnates, the noble people, primarily Elf here, who was the Mercian chap mm. supporting Ethelred, 
uh, dissolve lots of monasteries that had been founded under Edgar and took the land back. Because if we recall, one of Edgar's big things was that he supported Dunstan and Oswald in setting up lots of Benedictine yeah. monasteries where they'd get rid of the secular clergy who were backed by the powerful nobles and put in proper religious people. Religious people yeah. So this annoyed a lot of people. didn't matter when Edgar was there because he was king and powerful, could do what he wants, but now we've got a 13-year-old boy mm. and obviously people think, well, we're going to get our lands back. Mm. So what happens is that the reverse comes into play. So no one's supporting the old triumvirate that were doing all of this. So Elf here basically takes back lots and lots of land that used to be his and he just gets rid of all the monasteries. Staying up trouble. Dunster. No, um, that's the castle, isn't it? Dunster. You've still got more episodes oh. to get it right. <laughs> Dunstan. He's yep. in the next one as well. Oh, yeah. Oh. Dunstan. Yep. He is for this monastic stuff. He is for this monastic stuff, but... He's less of a big player now than he used to be. He's, he's more in the middle, in, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's more interested in... Because he, he's Archbishop of Canterbury, he's more interested in that than the high politics that he used to be pretty much controlling. Mm. So the Ang- Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is uh, lamenting that after all this peace under Edgar, now Elf here and other nobles comes along, gets rid of the abbots and monks, and um, puts in place clerks and their wives, which is what exactly what they've tried to stop first mm. time round. However, they're very happy because uh, Elfwin and Britnoth, uh, pious noblemen, get together an army and just don't fight him, but just say, oi, off their elf here, none of this, and they stop him doing too much damage. Yeah. However, there's a suggestion that actually this anti-monastic reaction didn't really exist, and it's all a bit of a fallacy. Well, where do we get it from? Well, we get it from the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, which is a contemporary source. Written by the... Written by monks. In certain places. Mm. So actually, although there's plenty of evidence that Elfhead did seize lands, particularly from Bishop Oswald, there's also a lot of lands that other people took. So Ethelween, who was seen as this pious man, mm. did a lot of damage to Ely, which was not in his territory. So the monks in Ely thought that he was really evil and taking back lots of land. So what we really see is that rather than this being some kind of religious motivation, all that is happening is that the nobles are just getting lots of land in their areas and making sure that they're in control. So where we see conflict it's just because it's factions fighting each other. Under a a guise of of religion. So when they want to appeal to the monks, they defend things in their areas. When they want to be more powerful they try and take things away from their opponent. Mm. So the primary motivation then is power and politics. This is our next one. So the problem was that Edgar could oversee all of this because he was a powerful king and an adult, whereas Edward, just a boy. And we always see in history with boy kings Mm. that there tends to be a power vacuum. So the two big nobles, Elthwin and Elfhir, are basically just vying off against each other, trying to be the main man, the one that's in control. But it's not just them. Everybody seems to be fighting each other. So Dunstan and Ethelwald, who were two of the bishops who were fighting the uh, Benedictine reforms, are now at odds for some reason. Oswald is opposed to Elf here, who's taking all of his land. Dunstan predictably hates um, Elfrith, the evil stepmother. And, he doesn't uh, like the mothers, does he? He doesn't, he doesn't. So he accuses her of adultery. Witchcraft? Yes. Really? And oh, the death yes. of her husband, yes. Oh, wow. Which is ironic, because he gets accused of being a mad, wizarding, crazy person as well. Can you be a male witch? Well. A wizard, I think, is a male is witch. It? Yeah. 
I bet we're going to have some witches getting calling up saying there's the wizard is a different. <laughs> if you are a, wiz- a wizard or a witch, please let us know yeah. which is which. <laughs> uh, that'd be wizard. But yeah, the most significant um, battle is between Elf here, who supports Ethelred, and Ethelene, who supports Edward. So they're the two most powerful men in the kingdom, as you said, sort of north and south again. Which one's north? Uh, north is Elf here, which is Ethelred. South is Ethelwyn, who supports Edward. Right. Confusing with lots of names that start with Eth, mm. some of whom are males, some of whom are female. But again, as you said, historical rivalry, geographical rivalry, and it's so tense that it maybe did come close to war. For as we said, that Ethelwyn and Britannos did muster an army at one stage. Just, uh, just I think, just as a show of force yeah. rather than an actual civil war. But what this results in is a breakdown in royal authority. So there are only three charters from this reign, and all of which only focus on the Wessex heartland. So basically Edward hasn't got any kind of That's control. That's still a focus then. Still That's a going focus. back so hundred years. Yeah, so he's years. really lost any control outside of the old kingdom. So if you remember that Edgar was all up for coinage and making sure that that was the same everywhere. Yeah. Now that falls apart a bit here, so... It used to just take place in Winchester, now also in York and in Lincoln, and also at a lower standard. And the five boroughs are all doing their own thing with coins, and they haven't really got the same control over it that they had before. Why is that? Just to control their economies? Control the economy, make sure that the coin is of the right quality so that it's worth mm. the right amount, mm. etc. So okay. it's all breaking down a bit. And even when they do have meetings, it doesn't work out too well. So in uh, 977... Um, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle records that this is a year all the oldest councillors of England fell at Calm in Wiltshire from an upper floor, because the floor gave way. No! And lots of these old people meeting got killed when the, the floor collapsed. Shocking. So it's all going wrong, but the Holy Archbishop Dunstan stood alone upon a beam. Predictably <laughs> enough. Indestructible, <laughs> as ever. God, that, that guy, honestly, I reckon it was him that got rid of the floor. That, to me, um, is is... That'd be a crashing blow because that's the old guard who is in their interest to see everything mm. c- continue and they fall through the floor. Yeah. Blimey. So we've got factions fighting each other. We've got the disputed succession, which they had a compromise with, but you know, not really fulfilled exactly. Can I go back to something quickly? Oh, yes. Where, where was it that they fell? With the floor? A place called Calm, C-A-L. Do we know what it was, what building it was? Um, I'd, I'd suspect, given oh. what happened to the floor, that it's not still standing. No. No, I was just thinking, I mean, yeah. I didn't imagine very many two-storey buildings. No, I wouldn't no, either. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. They didn't build another one for hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah. The problem yeah. with two-storey buildings is that the floor yeah. does need to not collapse. Tricky. Yeah. I was hoping it might have been on, fell on some hay or something. But no. Alas. No. no. Okay. So, 978, this is three years in, and it's all been going pretty wrong. Poor old Edward's only 16, but he's now coming to the point where he might start to be more of an adult and actually able to take a lead and take some control over this. Mm. His sister, Edith, who was the daughter of uh, a nun yes. that Edgar yeah. bedded, she had a dream that she lost her right eye. And for reasons that I'm not entirely sure about, except for the benefit of hindsight, she believed it would be a vision that her brother Edward would die. Okay. Meanwhile... Does, Ed, is that, does that happen? Well, <laughs> meanwhile... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edward went to visit um, his brother Ethelred, with whom he apparently seemed to get on quite well. They were just puppets of the political factions. Troublesbury. And his stepmother, 
mm. Elfrith, at Court, not Court, Corf Castle yeah. in Dorset, which confused me at first because I thought castle, Saxon times, did Saxons have castles? Well, for, it's sort of fortified. I guess it must yeah. be some kind of fortification. Like um, lots of land ramparts topped with palisades and mm. things. Yeah. But there is now a Corf Castle, yeah. which I sent you an email, but it looks mm. brilliant. It's up yeah, on a Norman hill. though, a lot of it Norman. Oh yeah, yeah, all Norman. Up on a hill, railway, old steam mm. railway that goes past it. Yeah. Looks lovely. Wasn't there at the time, but there was some kind of fortification. He'd been hunting with all his mates, so he went off just to pay a visit and take some refreshments. Met stepmother Elfrith near the entrance, and she gave him a goblet of wine while he was on his horse. So he takes the wine, has a drink, but as he was drinking, someone stabs him in the back with a knife. Who? Well, the person in question. He did manage to ride off, so he managed to get away, but he fell from his horse, but his foot was sort of caught in the or in the yeah. whatever so he was just dragged along along the ground as the horse galloped off till eventually uh, somebody found him further on down the road dead that, that's, that's him done three years that is him done and this is unfortunately it's not his scandal when we come to that but this is a pretty scandalous thing to happen so Anglo-Saxon Chronicle said no worse deed was ever done by the English nation since first they sought the land of Britain so this is a hugely controversial thing. And obviously, as you said, the question is, who did it? Yeah. So you've got something of a royal who done it here, which is appropriate because, uh, as we see later, Agatha Christie was buried in a church uh, dedicated to his memory. Really? The, yeah. the ultimate who done it. <laughs> so the who done it for Edward, we've only really got two prime suspects, and they're both on the same side. His mum? Stepmum? Stepmum, Elfrith. But she didn't do the stabbing. Probably not, although some people did try and suggest that, but I think that's pretty fanciful. But motive, obviously, was that she wanted her son Ethelred to be the king. Danger was that Edward's getting close to majority. She'll lose her power. He might get married and have children, so she'll be completely out of it. Yeah. Um, some suggest, as I said, by her own hand. Others, more likely, that she hired mercenaries. However, it's just worth noting that there is an extent to which this is a stereotypical attack on a powerful woman by a sort of mm. anti-female yeah. type. And as always, the source is the biography of Dunstan, who was opposed to her. On the other side, yeah. Other person is Elf here, who is the sort of northern Mercian yeah. elderman. And again, the same thing. He backed Ethelred and he backed Elfrith. He was trying to be the main man at court... Edward was backed by somebody else, so there's a danger that once Edward becomes properly powerful, he'll lose all his influence, he'll be under threat, and people will try and get rid of him once yeah. Edward's able to really start doing things. So the actual stabbing's got to be by some... The actual stabbing by some yeah. random person, but interestingly, they never actually caught the assassins. Oh, right. So we never actually found out exactly who killed them. Mm. Unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this is the point at which things go really well for Edward. <laughs> really? Yeah, things really take a take an upward turn once he's beating, dead. Yeah. It really goes well. Um, he receives much more attention for what happened after his death than what happened before. Um, he was initially buried at Wareham, which was near place nearby, at the house of a certain unimportant person. But well, well, not not Canterbury these, those days, or uh, just dumped dumped at some random place. But yeah. a year later, Elf here, perhaps as penance. Mm. Uh, digs him up, disinters him, and he's reburied at Shaftesbury Abbey, which was quite a sort of yeah. prominent place at the time. And then there's this rise of a cult 
around Edward. So he becomes seen as a martyr. It's a horseman. Edward the martyr, not the horseman, sadly. <laughs> His body was said to be perfectly um, composed when it was dug up and people said that miracles happened nearby. So he's there, he's a saint, never actually properly uh, beatified, but people yeah. think he's really important. 1339, of course, Henry VIII comes along, getting rid of all the monasteries, but the bones were hidden from harm, so he couldn't destroy them like he potentially did some of the other ones. But then they get lost for a while, until 1931, these bones of a youth with damage consistent with a stabbing in the back get dug up. Really? So they think, yeah, this is him, this is the chap. So a person called John Wilson Claridge wanted to find a home for the bones, and they had to be somewhere which recognised them as relics, because he was now seen as a saint and a martyr. It's, it's a, but he was, never, he was just seen as a saint? Yeah. Not actually probably... I'm not sure if yeah. he was properly beatified. And then quite controversially, the Russian Orthodox Church in exile was seen to have met the necessary conditions. So in 1984, they were given the bones to look after. So he's now buried in a chapel at Brookwood Cemetery, which is in Woking, under the guardianship of St. Edward Brotherhood. Sorry, you're going to have to do that bit again. Why have we got the Russians looking after Edward's bones? Because, basically, the church at the time in the Saxons, the Christian church at that time, doesn't really exist in England now. I mean, not only are we not Catholic, but we've gone way, way, way away from the way that they used to um, preach. So really, the Orthodox Church is probably closer to... Oh, so it's for his sake? For his sake. Not just in the national interest that we look after these bones, the only fellows who can do it. Nothing to do with the national interest whatsoever, purely on religious grounds. They were the ones who were most... Go into the British Museum or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or I should say Westminster. Yeah. But apparently a bit of an unlikely saint. So while some people, like William Malmesbury said, God's all-seeing eye was there who ennobled the innocents... And uh, Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, men murdered him, but God has magnified him. And then Latter-day Christian people saying that he was a good man of great devotion and excellent conduct, completely orthodox, blah, 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 blah. Other sources at the time said that he had offended many important persons by his intolerable violence of speech and behaviour. As Michael Woodward said, he was meant to be unstable, violent, quick-tempered, sybaritic. What's that? Um, sexually oh. naughty. Uh, and petulant and made a lot of enemies. So, But he was 13. He was 13. <laughs> yeah. Well, or 16 when he gets yeah. killed. So it might have been a bit of an unpleasant character, but because he got murdered and it was useful, he became a saint. I'm fine. So that's it for Edward the Martyr. No, he's Three not Three little good. years, doesn't get much done, lots of uh, disruption and factions at court, and then someone stabs him in the back. But we've got to give him a review, so yeah. let's let's give it a go. <laughs> okay. Battleliness! No battles <laughs> or fighting of any kind whatsoever. On the verge of civil war, perhaps, but it doesn't happen, and he's got absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. Zero. It has to be zero. He's got nothing at all. He's got, I mean, someone raised an army, but it wasn't even him. Yeah. Didn't fight, and oh. lo- it's not like Edgar, where you know he built up his navy and went on. Yeah, he was the trips around the place. Right? The fact that he didn't fight, he was still doing stuff. Poor old Edward, nothing at all. No. So that is our first zero of uh, of Rex Factor, in fact. No, I'm just looking at yeah, first yes. absolute zero. Edgar was the business sixty one. Yeah, I wanted to give him more than Alfred. Actually, he's my favourite. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> didn't get the Rex Factor then. No. <laughs> Oh, Just you. on reflection, changing your mind. <laughs> no, it's set in stone. Oh, no, it done. is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Scandal. The fact that he's murdered is 
a huge scandal, probably the biggest scandal of the period, but he can't really be accused of being scandalous for being murdered. No, I reckon we can include it, though. Can we? It's, it's, although, if the scandal is him being murdered, that's necessarily after his reign. Because yes, <laughs> otherwise, that's just him being stabbed. Yes. Um, so, uh, again, I mean, the, all we've got is the suggestion that he was an unpleasant character who people got riled up by, but mm, no specific examples no. at all. No, he's not, he's not excelling, is he? No. I mean, I think because there's a suggestion that he was a, a bit of a petulant a so-and-so, yeah. I'll give him naught and a half. Yeah, I'll go with naught and a half. So one. That's, that's one. Wow. <laughs> Which is our second lowest ever score. Well done, Edward the Martyr. You've got a total of one so far. Let's see if we can pick up with... Subjectivity. Certainly not. Not at all. As we said, it's great uncertainty, almost at the point of civil war. Control breaks down, the coinage gets worse. He's only really in charge of Winchester slightly. It's awful. Oh, I mean, zero. I mean, you wouldn't... You would, actually. You'd be fearing for your life in case it all kicked off. Yeah. No, there's no you're not getting anything, Ed- Edward, afraid. I, I have to agree again. That's another zero. This isn't going well. Longevity. Well, this is going to be more than zero, to be fair. <laughs> Nine seven five to nine seven eight, he managed uh, one two three three years at the top. Brilliant, well done. Which you know, it's more than some, but not yet. A but lot less than, than others. Yes, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so still far. the lowest longevity. Oh, but only one year less than uh, Edwig. Which one was he again? He was the. Uh, he was the one that had the threesome. Yeah, yeah. And then just got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Dynasty, not the program. Well, um, obviously didn't really get the chance to that. Although, I suppose Edwig, of course, managed to have that threesome. But he, he was didn't... only about 14. But no, nothing from Edward. We have that just one word, Sybaritic, that comes in that suggests yeah. that he might have been active. Yeah. But no wives, no offspring, nothing. <laughs> it's another big fat zero for Edgar. So, uh, for Edward when it comes to dynasty. So out of... So, at one, two, three, four, five factors, he gets a total score of four, wow. which is by far and away the lowest yet. But this is what happens when you get a boy king that gets killed and dies young. And is pretty rubbish. Pretty rubbish, but then he doesn't have a chance, really. He's just a kid. Who else? They've got shorter reigns, I swear. Three years. Edwin, Edmund the first had three years. Uh, Alfred the Great had five. No, no, he had seven. That's, you're looking at the oh, I'm looking at Dynasty. dynasty I'm so we've had, yeah, Edwig four. only had four, Edmund only had seven, Edred nine. Um, but, yeah. So, <laughs> total of four, we now have to cons- consider, in great depth and detail, I think, does Edward the Martyr have the... Rex Factor! No. no, no that's, uh, speed, speed judgment. <laughs> all done now, I yeah. think, so I uh, hope you yeah. enjoyed that <laughs> Yeah, bad luck, Edward. You just um, it's yeah. it's cruel on you know these people. He gets it's the point. All these years and hundreds and hundreds of years of kings and battles and all these stories, and he finally he gets to be king, and um, he doesn't get any chance at all. No, stabbed on a horse. Yeah, he's just just didn't he didn't stand a chance to do in this. He, he, d- he wasn't thinking about this, I suppose. But you know, no, well, need some foresight in this chance. You do, you do need a bit more foresight. Shouldn't go and visit the evil stepmother. No. There's, so if we've learnt nothing else, 
avoid yeah. stepmothers. Exactly. So, see you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. Next week will be somebody that you and many people at home may actually have heard of. Edward Confessor. Nope. Ah. Oh. Way off, way off. Uh. His younger brother, Ethelred, is... The Unready. Ethelred okay. the Unready. Okay. Right. The name you'll recognise, probably much about it you will not, but next week you'll learn all about it, much more Perfect. to talk about. Ethelred the Unready. It's a big one. It's a biggie, but for now, goodbye. Cheerio.